Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. I'm so excited for today's guest. She's a wife, a mother, a world traveler, and most importantly, a storyteller. She is also a personal brand coach and marketing strategist and the founder of brandmary.com. She works for female entrepreneurs to create an authentic, captivating, and money-making brand through the power of story. Now, telling stories is really important, but there is a method to the magic. She supports women at various stages in their business who share one common goal, creating an authentic brand that allows them to show up as they are, build a loyal community and experience time, financial and location freedom as a result from their work. And she's living it. She's actually headed to Greece. And so just in nine months, she launched her freedom-based business, left her nine to five while raising a brand new baby. And just in one year, her coaching business, she was able to scale it to six figures and a thriving community of women who are ready to share their story. Now she travels full-time with her family around the U.S., and Europe and spends most of her time supporting women to achieve time, financial and location freedom. <laughs> Hi y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of business unveiled. And I'm so excited for our guest today because our brains work kind of similarly. So I was looking at her website last night and I'm like, this is going to be so much fun to talk because we probably have some of the same clients that come to us and say, well, what about this? And what about this? But it's so important to have what she is talking about as a foundation before you jump off and start launching products and like do doing all this other great stuff. So I'm excited to introduce Michelle. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am pretty jazzed to chat today. Like you said, I am excited to talk about all of the things that lead to amazing marketing campaigns. Yes. That convert, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Right. You can have an amazing marketing campaign that doesn't convert. And then you can have a really amazing one that makes money. Yes. Before we jump off and start talking about marketing and branding and why everybody listening or watching needs a brand, whether it's personal brand or business brand, you need a brand. Everybody's a brand. You're a walking brand. Tell us a little bit about how have you gotten to where you are? What was, what's your backstory and your journey? I think it's really important for people to know the context that you just didn't like land here. So what can you share with us that has gotten you to where you are today? 
Yes, I definitely did not just land here. I fell in love with branding on accident. So my entrepreneur journey actually starts with the birth of my son. And um, I was I was working a nine to five. I was working for a large um, nonprofit in St. Louis, Missouri um, as the communication manager. So doing the social media, planning out advertising, marketing, all of that stuff and planned on going back. And then I had my beautiful little boy in 2015 at the end of the year the beginning of the year turned to my husband and said, ah, I don't think I want to go back. I've heard this whole, like, start your own business thing works. So let's do that. Let's give that a try. So I kind of jumped into that very blindly and, um, did all the things that I was taught to do. I built my website right away. Cause you know, you need to have that. I like planned out all the back end in my systems and all of those different things. And then suddenly realized that there's, I have no clientele, like no one's actually landing on my website. I have a few people following me on social media, but they're not turning into clients. And that's when I really realized that I had a missing piece that what I thought was branding actually wasn't the meat of branding. I had just skimmed over it, jumped to the aesthetics and called it a day. So I basically forced myself to go back to the basics and I started doing a ton of research because that's just like how I have learned throughout the years and fell in love with this idea of bringing my personality into a brand. I mean, what a crazy concept. And I started rebranding. I redid my entire website in a weekend. I wrote my brand story and I started really showing up with this new intention of building connection and relationship building and just being my true authentic self. And I started signing clients for my existing audience. So I didn't get new people, but suddenly I was saying things that really resonated with my audience. They felt like they could trust me. And I continued to on that, learn more, study more, implement more. Uh, I built a six figure business in a year with a baby. And um, about a year later, I retired my husband and we started traveling full time. So we've lived in an RV. We're heading to Greece for three months. And um, I really just continued to love this idea that as a business owner, you really want to focus on the beating heart, the brand, in order for all the marketing strategies and the selling strategies and everything to really work out. And you are living proof that you can have a family, you can have children, and you can still own a business. Yeah. That's I love being that proof. <laughs> Well, because, you know, so many people, they'll say to me like, oh, you don't have kids, like you don't understand. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm very involved in like my niece's nephew life. Like you don't know behind closed doors, like what goes on sometimes. It's just what people see in the forefront or see on social media. And so it's like, if you're not talking about it, people just assume that it must be so easy to just run a business. And mm -hmm. it's not easy for anybody because if it was easy, everyone would do it but that's not the thing. So I love that you had that experience, obviously, because it's gotten, to, gotten you to where you are today. But I would say for myself as well, I would focus on like what everything looked like on the front end. And I didn't so much understand, nor did I care about what the back end looked like. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned over time is that the back end can be set up, your SEO can be set up, your search, all your keywords, and you can have the ugliest website ever. And people will find you because the back end is set up. Uh -huh. So the back end is equally as important as the front end of what people are seeing. But you hit the nail on the head of like, what is that story? Who are you talking to? 
and talk to that one person. And then it's like magic overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, I, I converted existing people. And that's where, so like with social media, so many people focus on the numbers and I'm like, mm, those are vanity metrics. Like I'd rather have a hundred people following me who are going to do something with my information than a million people who are going to do nothing with it. So it's just, it's really interesting like to see where people are like in their whole journey. So if someone's listening and they have a website or they, well, let's just back up. What are the first things that if you are, if you to know, like, okay, I have a solid brand. Like, are there things that you like a checklist of things that you just, you should have if you're a brand or if you're a business or your personal brand? Yeah. So I have a, it's called the build a better brand method, which is essentially what I teach and talk about in all my blogs, free content, all of that. And it's a little different than what we typically hear about branding because my approach to branding is to build a solid foundation. So if you're thinking about building a business as a building, you know, you're going to keep adding floors, you're going to keep scaling. And if you don't have a solid foundation, what happens to that building? It's going to lean to the side. It's going to collapse on itself. Like you're not going to be able to sustain the growth. And so I challenge my audience members to build a very solid foundation. It doesn't have to take you a year. I have clients who do it in two weeks, right? Um, it just, because there's maybe more pieces doesn't mean that it's tacking on more time for you to get started. So with this method, I really talk about your story. So everything that I teach is really rooted in storytelling, which I know we'll talk about more in depth today, but it's about who you are, the brand story. If you have a company, why the heck was your company started? You know, you always have a brand story, even if you're a company and you sell a product or if you're a personal brand selling courses online. So what is that? What has really led you to where you are? What strengths are you bringing in? And I find that that really helps you better identify your niche or really your, you know, your unique selling proposition of what makes you different than others. From there, I recommend my clients really take the time to know their ideal customer. This is, this is such a crucial part of branding. And you probably see this when people come to you for marketing services that maybe don't have this knowledge and you've got to dig deep because everything that you're going to do in your business comes back to your ideal customer. We're ultimately wanting to attract the ideal customer, move them through the buying process and lead them to the sale. So if you don't know exactly who you're talking to that target market, you're going to have a hard time coming up with content ideas, writing copy. So ideal customer work is crucial and very, very important. And I actually heard um, you talking about your uh, consistent content episode that you did recently. And you were talking about like the problem, like what problem are you solving? (laughs) And so that's a huge piece of it. It's so crucial. Once you do that, the next step that I love to uh, encourage my clients to do is start playing with your messaging. Now there's all kinds of different areas of messaging. You'll create messaging as you go. It's never ending, but I recommend having some core messages for your brand. You know, who are you? What is your mission statement? What are your values? What are those main things that you help your audience achieve the benefits that you help them with so that you can start to really communicate that through your copy early on in your content. Um, And then the one that I think throws people off a little bit is that I actually believe that your offer is part of the branding process, or at the very least, your framework, your pillars, what are the things that you are going to provide to get your ideal customer from this point 
to this point. Um, because then you can start showing up with your marketing in a very effective way rather than, you know, just throwing copy out there and like hoping it lands with your ideal customer. You're really starting to position your offer from the beginning, even if you don't have it all fleshed out or created yet. From there, I move into authentic voice. Who the heck are you? How do you want to show up? What makes you unique? There's a lot of people doing what you're doing. Sorry, not sorry. What is going to differentiate you? And then all of that work really leads to the emotional branding piece. And that is, you know who you are. You know who your audience is. You know how you're going to support them. You know how you want to show up. Now, how do you ultimately want your audience to feel? And that is where I focus on helping clients pick out the aesthetics. Then and only then do I encourage my clients to pick their brand colors and their fonts and start actually, you know, designing pieces if they're doing it themselves or take that info and give it to a designer so they can knock it out of the park. And those things are so, 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 so crucial. So if you have a brand or a business and you're listening, you're watching and you haven't gone through this process you might want to take a few steps back because it will be completely life-changing. I mean, it was for you. So these things are so important. And the other, the other thing that I just laugh at sometimes if we're like launching a product or building a product and like, can you send me the brand guide? You know, mm -hmm. what are the guidelines? What are the fonts? What are the, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do like, you mean? <laughs> the br a brand guy. Like I need, I, what are the colors? Where are the hex goes? Where are the PMS goes? Where, what are the fonts? Like who did your logo? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and, and I, I love 99 designs and I love these, um, make it easy to, to get a logo or start a brand. However, the piece that you miss is that when you pay and piecemeal things together, you don't have the full experience and then mm -hmm. you end up not having these things that, and then if someone lands on your site, they're not going to know your story. They're not going to understand. And you're not going to, if you, if you're not going to convert anybody into sales, if you're not clear, like clarity is speed, like clarity wins, not cute. And I had to mm -hmm. learn that the hard way. I'm like, but it's so pretty. And they're like, but no one's buying it. So it doesn't matter. What you think is cute is not converting. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so important. So if someone's listening or watching and they don't know, this is overwhelming. It's like, mm -hmm. I yes, I have a logo. Yes, I have a website, but I guess I don't really have a story. Like what are some techniques that they can use to craft their story if they don't, feel that, that they really have a story. Everybody has a story, but what are some things they can do? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there are a few things to get started. And I, I think the first piece of it is to really understand the different elements of storytelling. So there's your brand story, which we're all super familiar with. And I will give you some of my top tips to start crafting that brand story. But a lot of people stop there when it comes to storytelling. And I believe that storytelling, the storytelling foundation you've set in your brand continues into your marketing. And so there are also those micro stories that you want to be sharing, connecting with your audience, sharing the values of your brand, your mission, and those things. So while we're going to talk about brand storytelling, I don't want anyone to think that that's where it stops. Like you can write your brand story and then you get to peace out and be like, did my story work? Cause it doesn't work like that. 
but your brand story is so important. And I don't think that people realize how important it is when it comes to gaining customers and client retention that your people are making decisions because of an emotional connection. So there have been countless stories um, and studies out there on the power of storytelling and how it plays a role. And we know that people ultimately decide to purchase something because of the emotional feeling that they have. And um, there was even a study that was done on eBay. I don't know if anyone has shared this with you before, but there was a study that was done on eBay um, where Rob Walker and Josh Joshua Glenn, those are the two guys, uh, did an experiment in 2009 where they hired 100 creative writers to create stories about everyday products. So they bought $129 worth of items. They had these creative storytellers make up stories about each of the items, and then they sold them on eBay with the stories attached. A paperweight that they bought for like $1.47 sold for $197. Bucks. I that love that Yes. Crazy. It's so good though. Cause like, I'm like, I've got to give people examples of why storytelling is so important. If you need an example, it's a paperweight, right? So stories are what build that connection with our audience. So your brand story is so important because we know one of the second most visited page on your website is your about me page. People genuinely want to know the story behind the brand. And sometimes it can be a difference between someone saying, mm, no, not for me and piecing out and actually just going directly to make a purchase. And so your brand story is really your opportunity to tell your ideal customer, very clear on that. You're talking to your ideal customer why you decided to create your business in the first place. And so one of the first things that I recommend my audience do is really just start thinking of their timeline, really think about three moments, three transitions, as I like to say, of where maybe you shifted, maybe you were in school and you recognized that, um, you know, you could create this product that would help your classmates in school. And so you were like, oh, ding, ding, ding. But then 10 years later, you actually went ahead and went with it, right? Your story starts back then with the idea um, of what you created. It could be like my story where the birth of my son, I shared my brand story with y'all in the beginning. So the birth of my son was such a pivotal moment. And so this is your opportunity to connect. So start to think about really the journey that has led you to creating your business today and think about your business as kind of like the launching off point. So in normal storytelling, we might say there's a beginning, middle and end. That's still very much true to a brand story, but your end isn't really the end. It's kind of, it's the beginning for your ideal customer. So um, one of the big hangups I get from people when we start talking about this is they're like, well, I don't want to talk about me. I don't want it to just be about me. But again, we know that people want that. And what you're really doing is keeping your ideal customer in mind. So when you're sharing this journey, you're really pretending like you're writing the story for that person, like give them a name, give them an avatar, do the whole thing that I recommend my clients do and write for them, focus on building that connection with them and then end the story with an invitation invite them to continue on this journey with you, buy your product, buy your service, whatever it is. Uh, we've just seen crazy um, results just from putting a really strong story on an about me page. But then again, you can create this story, recreate it on social media. You can recreate it in a video uh, series all over the place. You can take your brand story and share it. Which is so important. And somewhere I was I think it's on your website where you say people buy from 
people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's from a connection. It's not always, I mean, unless you're Apple or you're Nike, which is funny because if you're an Apple fan, people know who Steve Jobs is because they have told his brand story over and over. And I think there was a movie made about it. So it's like, it matters. Even we had a client recently and, um, we're building out some product stuff for him. And he's like, I don't want to be the face. I don't want to do this. I have investors. I'm going to be selling in five years. I don't want to be attached to it at all. I'm like, but even he's like building a, a mini Walt Disney, like in a different city and like a Disneyland for uh, agriculture. And mm. I'm like, but the story starts with you, man. <laughs> like yeah. Walt Disney was a person <laughs> like in you know, the, you, I know Walt Disney's story from the entrepreneur center because a guy that used to work there came in and told us the brand story. So it still starts with a person, even if you want to grow it and scale it and sell it, like it still starts with person. Like it always goes back to that. So I, I, I have, uh, had multiple clients with these crazy stories of, um, my next question for you. And, um, and this is why you want to get off of social media. And, and you were very adamant about that. Like get off of social media, build your list because some of our clients have gotten hacked and they have rather large accounts that are tied to their livelihood. (laughs) And so when you don't do that, it sucks. So give us a little bit more insight to that? Why do we want to get off of social media? Yeah. So I, you know, this, I think really comes back to the branding piece as well. Like when you're building a brand, like you're, you're ultimately creating some sort of movement or some sort of mission. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave the success of that up to somebody else. (laughs) I don't want to leave my, yeah. I don't want to leave my reach up to somebody else. And I'm not saying that social media is bad. I use it. We were talking about some ways that we use it before. I have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went through a period of time where I just hated showing up there. And I kept wondering like, why, why, why? And, you know, it felt, it was kind of along those vanity metrics and there's not a lot of, um, requirement involved to engage on social media, right? You can give a heart, you can scroll through, you don't really have to comment. You're just like, this is fun. What I have found that moving your business off of social media allows you to better um, target your ideal customer, bring them in and bring in consistent leads and sales rather than like, oh, I just keep showing up on Instagram. I just keep showing up on Facebook and nothing's happening. Well, we have to realize that with our messages on those platforms, we're ultimately like throwing a paper airplane into a sea and hoping that it lands on the right person. And with another strategy that we can talk about, which is more of evergreen content, you're relying on search engines. So when we have a problem as a consumer, no matter what it is, acne, sticky egg pan, as I always say, needing a brand coach, whatever the problem is, we turn to Google. We turn to search engines to find the product, to find the service, to find whatever it is. So the people that are turning to those platforms are looking for things very specific to the solution, like the solution that you have or the problem that you solve. So why not spend a great deal of your marketing efforts on creating high value content to reach those 
customers who are further along in the buying process, um, you know, at that stage three, four, where they really know what they want and they're ready to pull out their credit card. And then also creating content that attracts somebody who maybe doesn't know the solution and is just looking for tips and suggestions and information. You're really able to attract someone at all of those different stages with this high value content. So I recommend that my audience really focus on building an email list, because even though you might have your email list on another platform, you get to download it in an Excel spreadsheet every 30 days. <laughs> so I can pick yep. that up and I can take it somewhere else if I need to. Um, and, and the ways that I really suggest my clients focus on at the core through these, uh, SEO strategies. So YouTube, Pinterest, Google. Those are all search engines. Pinterest is not a social media platform. Surprise. It is a search engine. It was designed to actually take you off of the platform. That's how it started. They want you to go visit the blogs and they want you to find that information. And if you put in keywords, you're going to find information relevant to that. Same with YouTube, same with Google. So I always recommend that my clients at their core focus on these high value pieces of content, video, podcasting that's repurposed onto their website, video on YouTube repurposed on their website. Like I really believe everyone should have their content on their website, um, blogging, and then repurpose that content on social media, but don't put all your eggs in the social media basket. You're going to find that you're constantly creating content, something fresh and something new, and you're just not getting the results that you could get with less effort and energy. You are speaking my language because <laughs> even with like personal brands, it's the same thing with companies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every week, at least one person, they're like, oh, why do I need a blog? I'm like, because you send people back there to, to capture the traffic, <laughs> to get their information. Like, yeah. how do you not know this? You know, and I take it for granted because we work in this space all the time and I don't know if you go to like, I'm a nerd. Like I'm like, yes, I'm going to go to the Gary V marketing conference in March. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm going to go here and like constantly learning like some of these strategies and what other people have already tested mm -hmm. that hasn't necessarily like hit the market yet, because I want to know like for some of the companies that we work with that we are able to stay in front of like mm -hmm. what people are doing. But to me, it's like blogging has been around for so long and websites have been around for so long. Now, there's some people who will say, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say they're marketing experts. They're like, when Facebook came out, they're like, oh, Facebook is going to completely like wipe out websites. Like you don't need a website anymore. And I'm people like, I've been saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't agree with you at all. And there's people that not everyone has Facebook. Not everyone has mm -hmm. Instagram. Not everyone has TikTok. And that that's leaving a lot of money on the table. If you don't own your own assets, like your mm -hmm. own stuff, a website is an asset. Are there any stories that you can share with us that are super impactful about how storytelling really changed the trajectory of their business, the emotional buying pattern? Like, are there any case studies that you have that I'm sure we would all love to hear? 
Yeah. I mean, you kind of talked about mine a little bit, right? And that's always where I think like every, especially a personal brand starts. But one of my favorite ones to share is actually um, two of my clients that um, started a midwifery business. So this is great for anyone that's like, well, I don't have like an online, you know, business. I'm actually in person. So they started a midwifery business um, that they were just super passionate about, but also recognized that hey, the consistency wasn't coming in. They were using a lot of the, the strategies of like SEO for location and referral and things like that, but they, they wanted to scale it. They wanted to grow it. And then they also wanted to build a sustainable midwifery practice. So um, this is a huge movement that's happening where midwives are working themselves like day in and day out and hire more people. You know, you need income in order to do that. So those were some of the big uh, problems that they had when we started working together. And we really went down to the storytelling piece of like, how can we start connecting more um, with people online? How can we start building this no like, and trust? Um, and so we started showcasing their stories. So there's two of them, which I also find is so interesting because people are like, well, I have a partner show both of your stories, got into a rhythm where um, they do love Instagram. So they started really using Instagram alternating. So like you could tell the two voices, like they had similarities, but you could tell who was writing which post and they would talk about their own personal experiences. And then what they really started to focus on, and I think a key to storytelling that a lot of marketers miss is they started telling the stories of their clients. So sometimes when we think about storytelling and brand storytelling specifically, we think about ourselves and what ultimately, you know, led us to creating the brand, which is important, but we have to switch our focus to being about our ideal customers so they can really see themselves as a success story. And so really focused on sharing stories of home births and different things that happened in different families and um, getting obviously permission from the family of showing like a photo and um, uh, video, all of these beautiful stories that they've grown their following. They ended up launching a podcast. Um, they had meetups all around the world just for women to come together and just talk about being a woman. Um, that was pre COVID, but you know, yeah. working on it ended up launching a course to support women so that they could really build this sustainability, hired another midwife. Um, they've really been become like a leader and they're in like California, you know, like San Diego, California. So, um, they're not in like a small little market <laughs> for their need. And we've just really seen that it's been through the storytelling. They incorporate it in everything that they do. And because of that, they have that no like, and trust factor. And what I think is so beautiful about this story is that they were able to build their in-person practice, but so many people were loving the storytelling piece that even though they didn't live, you know, in San Diego, once they launched that course or once they launched the podcast, they were like, yes, thank you. We've been in love with your brand. Now we've got a way to, to consume it and to support you. And that to me is really the whole point of brand storytelling and branding, because you just never know where your business is going to go. We have so many beautiful opportunities as business owners to create products, services, all kinds of different things that if you really focus on building a strong brand foundation, you can scale and add these different things and reach so many people. And that's like my favorite part. Well, and I think too, like, and I mean, I even feel this way sometimes. Do you think that um, people that are, you know, in, in the service-based industry, 
Like I even used to have the mindset of like, I don't want to go back and ask people like, can I use your pictures and Mm. can I get a testimonial from you? Like, it just feels weird. Yeah. And, um, I mean, now, like I get it, like I understand how important it is. I mean, we do so many video testimonials, like even one of my team members zoomed with people that go through our online course and ask them the same five questions. Mm-hmm. And then she's edited out. We asked them if we can use it as a video testimonial and they are happy to help. So why do you think that, that we're like that, um, that we're either afraid to ask, or we think that it's going to be, uh, annoying or, um, an inconvenience. Like, why do you think people think that? I think that's, I think you totally nailed it when you said it's like annoying. I think we're like afraid to be annoying or we have this idea that like, if we have to ask somebody for a testimonial or we have to ask them for a review, it's not authentic. And that's not true. Like people want to give you their feedback. And I've, I've encountered very few people who have been like, oh, let me give you feedback because it's not top of their mind, right? But if I reach out to them, they're like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I would love to do that. But they're thinking of a million other things. I'm sorry, but giving you feedback is not top priority for them. However, if you ask them, they will be 100% happy to do so. And I also think that there's a very, you know, old school way, I think of like getting testimonials that a lot of people, it doesn't feel great. And I still use some of those strategies because I I'm like, yes, write me a testimonial. Here's a prompt, get on video. But if you're like, it really stresses me out. I don't want to do this. What I recommend is asking open-ended questions like you did in the interview, right? But you can send your um, clients to a form even and just ask them questions and think of it as telling a story. Like, where were you before? Um, What really drew you to wanting to invest in this or invest in this brand or this product or this service? Uh, What were the key takeaways or what were the big moments for you where things shifted. Where are you now? What are some of those things? And you just ask these open-ended questions and then you get to bundle that up into a story, which is so powerful because then it's not just like a one-liner sentence that somebody said. You get to then use the power of storytelling to tell a success story of your customer. So that's a strategy that I love to use. And then you can like kind of use those stories in different ways, but yeah, we just have to get over that because people are totally down to do it, but they've got a million other things going on and they're not going to just remember to email us a testimonial. Well, and the thing is like, you know, we have an offboarding process. So like if something has a deadline or a date and it's launching and we're done, or it's an event or something like that, it's like part of our process Mm -hmm. to send them a link. And the other thing, I mean, it's a full blown business of testimonials now. So if you look at Yelp or wedding wire, or there's all these platforms, but what I have learned about that is that for some reason in SEO, like the Google reviews pull first, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Cause it's Google, yeah. but if you have a Google, my business page, they give you a link that asks the same open ended questions, kind of like what you were saying. And you just pick a rating. And then if they want to do, you know, additional comments or put additional comments, people do it. And like you said, make a story out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like Google's made it pretty easy there, depending on what industry you're in, like with, um, you've health grades, like for the, for the healthcare world doctors. Mm -hmm. So it's like every industry kind of has like their platform where people will go and like give reviews. It's like, you just got to ask if you don't ask people cannot read your mind. Mm -mm. So it's so important. Like 
it's okay to ask. So if people want to learn more about branding for their personal brand or whatever to, to, cause I know we were talking before we were recording, like, is there a different a checklist or something so that mm -hmm. people know like, okay, I have a really solid thing here. Um, what's the best place for, where would you send people to go just to learn more information? Yeah. So my, my website is brand Mary. That's my company name, B R A N D M E R R Y.com. And one of the places that I really recommend everyone start, whether you're just like, I know I need a brand or I feel good about my brand, but maybe not 100%. Cause you know who you are. If that's you, I have a free class where I actually go through my framework that I shared in the beginning. It's called build a better brand method. <laughs> I like to keep it super simple over here and you can go to betterbrandmethod.com or you can also access it at a bunch of various touch points on my website. And that is a free on-demand class that you can watch, go through it. I talk about the importance of storytelling. I share a little bit more of my case study. I talk about ideal customer work, some of the key things that you want to know during your research. And then I also dive deep into core brand messages, which is something that I teach um, through my program as well. So that's a fantastic place to start. And I have I have a podcast, the Brand Mary podcast. I have a YouTube channel. If you're like, I just need info, Michelle, I've got it. I promise. That's awesome. And we'll put all the links in the show notes. So if you're driving or biking or yes. <laughs> multitasking while you're listening or watching, we got you. Go to the show notes. All the links will be there. If they want to personally connect with you, what's your favorite platform that you do hang out on social media? Yeah. So Instagram for sure. Um, so Michelle Knight Co. M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-K-N-I-G-H-T Co. is where I'm hanging out on Instagram and I travel a lot. I'm a digital nomad. So that's fun too. So even if you're like, I don't really want branding advice, just came and hung out with me on Instagram. <laughs> that's awesome. So when are you going to Greece? We're at the time of this recording, we are leaving in two weeks. So that's ah! very exciting. Yeah. So by the time you guys are listening or watching to this, you will be like in cool. Greece. I'll be in what? Greece. Yeah. Like how did y'all choose Greece? Well, um, we were supposed to go last year for a three month okay. trip around Europe to a few different places. My husband and I have been to Europe quite a few times, but wanted to go to some new places. And so we had to use our plane tickets. Um, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to that. And we <laughs> wanted to just pick a place that didn't require a bunch of, you know, border hopping um, just in case. So we were like, what is a cool place that we could see so much and just spend like three months in one place. So we picked Greece because we had never been there. And um, we are also planning to go to Croatia. So we will be there for three months, which is our um, longest kind of digital nomad trip outside of our RV. So follow along on the adventure because it is sure to be an adventure. <laughs> That's awesome. So many of my friends next week, they're leaving for Croatia and oh. there's a trip with the entrepreneur organization, but a lot of it involves boats and like getting on ships. And like, I just, I can't, I get so motion sick. I'm like, okay, so I will not be going to Croatia, but I'm like, I'll live it through your pictures and your stories, <laughs> like have fun. Yeah. But that's I, amazing. I hear it's gorgeous. I, I saw, speaking of Pinterest earlier, I saw a pin from a national park in Croatia, like four years ago. and was like, I have to go here. And so that's pretty cool that we're making it happen. But like, congratulations on like really loving what you do and building a brand and a business and being able to 
have a family and travel. Like you can do all these things. If you put your mind to it and set goals, like you're doing it. It's amazing. I'm going to follow along and watch too. I'm excited. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. This was amazing information. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And everybody listening or watching, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye, y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.